Hey everyone, welcome to New Music Now, a music guide from Inc. 19. I'm Gregory Schaefer, your host and part-time lover. Today on the show, we have a three-way chat with Adam Elk from the Mommy Heads, Judy C. from KAFM in Grand Junction, Colorado, and Inc. 19 staffer, Mr. Julius C. Lacking. Today, we're going to let each guest pick two new albums that they're chewing on and select a couple of tracks from each. We'll also hear what the Mommy Heads have been up to and dive into a gazillion stories from singer-songwriter Adam Elk. Be sure to follow us online at Inc19.com, where you will get updates on this show and other podcast transmissions. All right, let's take it over to Julius C. Lacking and New Music Now. Greetings, uh, my name is Julius C. Lacking. I am a staff writer for Inc. 19 and uh, DJ at KFM radio station, community radio station in Colorado's Grand Valley. All right. Hey, I'm Judy C. I am also a DJ host of a weekly program on KAFM community radio in the Grand Valley of Western Colorado. Hey there, I'm Adam Elk from the Mommy Heads. We've been around over 30 years and we refuse to go away <laughs> i remember from way back when we all do <laughs> it's been a long time of not going away so um let's see my my first pick is uh from a band called round eye their album is called culture shock treatment now round eye are out of shanghai china um, you know, there's uh, some information on their website. There's also a picture, and they look to be, you know, not not necessarily native Chinese. Uh, but they've been around for a while, and they've been making a ruckus in Shanghai, you know, voted like Shanghai best punk band. And uh, if you remember a band called Rocket from the Crypt, they have that, like, kind of all-out vibe, and uh, there's a saxophone, I think, that drops in now and then. It's hard to tell with everything that's going on. Uh, but, uh, yes, their album is called Culture Shock Treatment, and uh, here is the title track for that, which kind of explains everything. So, you know, that, that was pretty intense. I, I guess that's not what you would expect uh, to come out of Shanghai, of all places, but uh, it is definitely... I like. Actually, rock. I didn't do any research on what you had put in because I wanted to hear it sort of firsthand here and just get a clean reaction, and, and I like, and I want to dig in further. I think it's great. Adam, you said you played with Rocket from the Crypt. Yeah, they were from San Diego. We used to go, when we lived in California, we'd go down there and... We opened for them at the Casbah Club, and it was really small and sweaty. And wow. I remember they were really cool. That San Diego scene was really something else. I I loved it. I, I yeah. you know the San Pedro scene, you know, with Minutemen, and we opened for uh, not the Minutemen, but um, Mike Watt in uh, Charleston, mm -hmm. South Carolina. It was so cool. There's awesome. just a you know everyone's so real down there. <laughs> Almost too real. California. Yes, and uh, you know, here's a, my uh, speaking of California. My second selection here is called Armadillo Man, and it has kind of uh, definitely like a Dickies kind of vibe to me. Check it out. 
those bands. All right, so yes, uh, Round Eye. Uh, they have a back catalog that I'm going to be digging into a whole lot. Uh, I think, you know, that sound is timeless in a way. Um, still, still sounds white hot fresh today. So, Judy, what do you have for us? Oh, well, even in the time that since I sent you some suggestions, you know, music is just flowing like crazy right now. And, and so I could have easily switched to more albums coming out. But I'm sticking with my story, my original story, which is uh, the highlighting the Ghost of Room album, Ghost of Room 1 from Mike Doty, which is being marketed or, or sold as a side project. And I'm going to question that this is not a side project. This is just Mike Doty right now, just living his best life. Um, this one was produced by Mario Caldaldo Jr., who people know from Beastie Boys, um, his work with Jack Johnson in the U.S., but he's a Brazilian-American composer or producer who people know from these signature signature works. So I think it's a return to a lot of roots. There's obviously a nod to Ruby Vroom and the soul coughing sound. And this just really brings back that trippy vibe of soul coughing, the funk, the nonsensical words, the poetry. Uh, it's obvious that he can pull off some nonsensical jazz-influenced, including street drumming and, and rap, better than a lot of writers would be able to pull off. It's really difficult to do this and do it right without sign sounding patronizing or sort of trying to be a Tom yeah. Waits meets Beastie Boys clone. So I'm so impressed by this album. I've been a fan for a long time. I actually have developed friendships with, with some of his circle and, and been out to see him often. What is the first track you have picked out for us? So I chose I Hear the Axe Swinging, which is... Uh, it's it's starting with that spoken word sampling of it's hard to really detect unless you really slow it down or engineer it so that you can but it's a scripture sort of sampling Mike's a master of the sampler. He plays it on stage live. He plays with it everywhere. And these, these scriptural references um, kind of show his fascination with biblical scripture, both Old Testament, New Testament. He knows the Torah well. He really is studied in this, and he even produced a, a musical based on the book of Revelation that had a short-lived performance in New York, I think. <laughs> that sounds pretty I, intense. I have not seen it. <laughs> um, no, I, I like what I'm hearing. It's... It's like uh, there's like a De La Soul swagger uh, mixed like a Jack Johnson chillness. It's almost like what I what I get from Bill Withers, yeah. which is like total confidence, you know, like everything is so loose. And, and, you know, it's always it always feels like it's on the verge of falling apart, but it, it really just rolls on. It's unstoppable. That's where you want it. All right. What is your second selection? All right, the second selection I chose was the Memphis Woofer Rock. I actually really enjoy playing this on the radio. I think listeners, again, kind of enjoy that funk vibe. Um, he's, he's, again, going back into deep references, nonsensical words, the stuff that's hard to pull off if you're not really confident in it. And he rhymes, and, and his study of poetry with... Um, Seku uh, Sundiata in, in New York at the New School really comes across here. He's, he was deep into that poetry study. 
he was he was a child of that study and came up and use has used it but this is the album where i think he's able to use it again so much more without all the drama and fighting over licensing and songwriting credits that that soul coughing was that's another story uh-huh. but this this track really gives you an example of his his playing with fun in a way that he owns and not someone else as he would put it bullying him or telling him what to what to say and what to write crawl living a skull burning a well got a freeze in the beta fell on just the book the roll pan in again a rag lincoln and a ford stang ivan money bag virtue cox back in the building and i topple the blocks 33 level mage may seal take it to the stage zimmerman on the All right, Adam, so before we get into your selections, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you are up to these days? Well, the Mommy Heads have been busy. I think we we could feel uh, time ticking now that we're getting older, so we want to try to do as much as possible while we're still friends. Um, And we still get along. We still love each other, so we just try to make as much music as possible, which we're trying for the one record a year, which is not... Guided by Voices, 10 records a month, but it's close. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, it's it, really a lot of our response has been from radio, which, you know, basically is amazing. You know, community stations and college stations is, is pure acts of love from musicians and music lovers. And when, you know, a, a record goes to 67 or 56, like our last two, that that's enough for us to keep going, really. Um, we don't need to, it's not about the money or anything other than just people who we who we would want to be friends with and would want to we, we'd want to play for approve so that's where we're at and we're we um, we're also reissuing records that weren't mastered or sold to 10 people in the 90s so it's been fun and um, the next one's coming out in September and the lead up to a song um, this is never heard before uh, just mastered. It's called well. The album's called Age of Isolation, and uh, it's obviously about COVID and making music as a band during COVID. And uh, Age Age of Isolation is the fourth song and kind of the center of the whole record. Okay, so when you know when you have friends for 30, 40 years, they tend to know what you like. And in the same way, I heard Judy's show, and I knew I, I already knew that she, uh, you know, what her favorite TV show was, and what what she like, you know, what if she drinks tea or coffee from the songs that she plays and the band she plays, which are amazing. My buddy Bart Davenport, who I met in '94, we were in San Francisco, and the the best band in San Francisco were the Loved Ones, and and then Cake came around, and the Mommy Heads and the Loved Ones and Cake were had like we were like the triangle. It was like a love affair, and um, we ended up sharing members. I think the guitarist Zan McCurdy went from the Loved Ones to Cake, and my son's name Zan. So there's a long history between the three bands, and Bart Davenport, who would introduce me to music for the last thirty years, 
introduced me to this band. He texted me a link a year ago, and I ignored it. <laughs> and then um, I went, and like a nerd in, in Barnes & Noble, I bought a prog magazine. <laughs> and in the prog magazine was a CD sampler, and it had XTC on it. And I'm like, I felt like a little kid. I'm like, a CD. Rufus Rainwright, I remember him. You know, and, and here, so I put it, I plop it in. There's sparks. They're great. Field music, flaming lips. I mean, you know, all the old buddies. And who blows me away? Once in future band. Why did they? I just can't explain it. The song comes on, and I'm I had to stop the car with my poor family in it, banging on the headrest. Dad, get you know. It was like I was trying to like type a text to to stop my boss from firing me. One of those like. <laughs> And they're like, Dad, what's wrong? I'm like, I, kids, everyone, stop. And I had to listen to the, the, this song, and it's called Andromeda. I'm just looking for someone to sing my songs to. I'll love her even though she's strange. And she won't care that I'm insane. And um, what do I like about the band? Well, they're, they're from Oakland, so they're going to be trippy. It's led by a guy named Joel Rabinow, who uh, is also a session guy uh, in Oakland and happens to play with Chris Robinson's Brotherhood. I don't know much about Chris Robinson's Brotherhood, but I know that if you're going to play in that band, um, he was on the Servants of the Sun tour. Uh, so he's got this great... This is his band, and he plays in it with... Um, mm-hmm. He's got Eli Eckhart on bass... And uh, also the producer and incredible drummer is Raj Ohai, or uh, I can't even say it, Kumar, Raj Kumar, O-J-H-A, if you guys know how to pronounce that. Oja? Oja, but his drumming is incredible, and his mixing and recording is incredible. And what they capture for me is that Canterbury sound from England, late 60s, early 70s, Prague, Soft Machine, Caravan, Robert Wyatt, Kevin Ayers, David Allen. They captured it and, and they modernized it. They mix it with Steely Dan. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. People have said that they sound like a modern ELO, Roxy Music, Headhunters, Stevie Wonder, McCartney, all mixed into one. And I'm a song guy and they have songs. It's not noodling. It's not, let's, let's do a lot of math <laughs> and then replicate that for people to go, why are they doing that? It's actually great songs. So uh, Andromeda is song one and Problematic is song two. And I I hope you guys enjoy it. This stuff, you know, this stuff is like technology. It just seems to get better and better and better over the years. It gets refined, you know, this uh, this super uh, sharp pop sensibility. I'm taking I, notes. I don't know. Yeah, this I, is awesome. I, I, every time I think I've, I've heard the last of it, there's someone that comes across with, with a new idea. Well, you know, it, it could be something as simple as mixing things and not getting it totally right, you know. They definitely have a Stilly Dan thing, and who's doing that? Who's ever done yeah. that? And then mixes it with a Canterbury sound, which is psychedelic and floaty, and you feel like you're going down a stream. You know, that's the Canterbury sound. 
and you're facing yeah. the sky and it's watery. Mm-hmm. And that to me mixed with Steely Dan, which is city, urban, smart, um, sort of knowledgeable, a little jaded. Sophisticated. Sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And, and also to have, yeah. it's not like yeah. for me, bad progressive music or Baroque pop you know, it can get noodly, and it you, it loses me when there's not when there's no foundation, there's no song, and these guys have songs, and and mm-hmm. it's again everybody ha- wants a nice mix. Everyone has the drink they like, the mixed drink that they like. You know, I don't do rum or I don't do tequila. This band just has that mix for me, and and uh, it's 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 been in the player since I've heard it. You are listening to New Music Now, a podcast from Inc. 19. Today's episode features Adam Elk from the Mommy Heads and new music from Rat Boy, Gravel Pit, Ghosts of Vroom, Dinosaur Jr., Round Eye, and the Once and Future Band. If you like what you're hearing, that's great. Check out our social media at Inc19Mag on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook and all the other buttons you love to push. It's new music now from Inc. 19. Well, that's a good lead in for uh, my next pick, which is, uh, you know, an incongruously named band. Uh, when you have someone, some, an outfit named Rat Boys, you, you don't expect this kind of like dreamy pop with uh, a unique female voice and, and crazy harmonies fronting it. Uh, here is something of theirs called Key. I pay attention when looking for when looking for Yeah, it really stands out, you know, in 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 if you if you shuffle a bunch of incoming music, uh, which is what I usually do, I just wait for something to pop out nice and bright, and, and this was one of those things. Uh, so this band, you know, their, their album is called Happy Birthday, Rat Boy, and uh, it's actually the 10th anniversary of their EP, which they put out on Bandcamp in 2011. That's like prehistoric Bandcamp times. And uh, they went back and, you know, they've had a career since. They went back and they re-recorded those songs. And then they recorded some songs that have been favorites throughout the years, through their tours. And then threw in another song called Go Outside, which is a new song. And we're going to play it in a second uh, as, as a bonus. And the whole thing is just such a great summer album. It's, uh, I like to think of it as, you know, the album that makes you take the top down on the convertible. Uh, and uh, yeah, quite uh, refreshing stuff. Here is that track called Go Outside, which, uh, you know, given the times, it must be a reaction to the past year. This is lovely. What what I love about this band is they sound like a band. Yes. And and I feel like everybody's ears are fighting back against the grid and against every beat sounding identical and ebbs and flows are, are not welcome here in music. And here's a band that says, actually, remember 
organic ebbs and flows in music where what we're feeling in the room, you know, like come in this room with us, put the headphones on. This is great. So there you have it, uh, Rat Boys, the incongruously named Rat Boys, and happy birthday, Rat Boy. Uh, Judy, what is your second album? Okay, well, naturally, I had to go with Dinosaur Jr. when another album was released, and I consider this the longest, longest band reunion of all time, except for the Mommy Heads. <laughs> You're getting there. Um, my gosh, I've been a Dinosaur Jr. fan since... Um, college and then my second time in college and some grad school and it just reminds me of those good times when I really was in sort of a golden state of, of learning doing college radio too um, and and this album for me just revisits the sound that you would expect so lots to love here and I think it's classic Dinosaur Jr. but with the Kurt Vile peppering of something and I can't quite put my finger on it. So this track, this first track you've picked out for us is called The Garden. I did The Garden because I'm also just a big Lou Barlow fan as as Lou Barlow playing himself um, and his vocals have always been, I, I like Mascus vocals, He's it's guttural, it's that, I forgot what the word is, but you sort of fry your vocal cords to do the slow range. Um, it's it, it's going to kill him one day, but man, it's, it's so signature, but Lou's vocals to me reek of that, again, that cerebral pop sound where you can hear all the words and you're just grooving with it. And the garden to me, I think is some of his best work yet. I think it just reflects where he is right now and maybe he and Mascus are getting along better. I heard, I think I read it in a review that maybe because they're both fathers, that they're, they've put aside some of their vitriol. Um, and we know as parents, um, those of us who are parents know that that mellows you. It's not all about you anymore. Yeah. It's about getting along or doing something right. And so maybe that's helped, but I just love the song. I think it's beautiful. I, I have a little tidbit about Dinosaur Jr. We did our first recordings as a band with Wharton Tears. At, we, we go in and we're so young. We're 16, 17, and there's two stacks of tapes. One is Sonic Youth's sister, which he had just worked on. They just left the studio. And the other stack was You're Living All Over Me. And and I didn't even know, really, at the time, like what where I was at. And th these guys are walking in and out, and we're just, <laughs> we're just trying to tune our guitars properly. You know? That's awesome. So tell us about your second selection here. Uh, I, it was hard to pick because, again, I, I'm, I'm an album. I like to put the vinyl on, listen to the whole thing. But um, in yes, <laughs> in terms of radio and what I, I also try and think in the minds of the listeners and I hear kind of the same tracks played. But I Ain't, to me, is, is kind of a nice opener. Again, it, it features Mascus guitar. There's, there's just unmistakable places where they they come in, they they do the song and they get out. And it's like Adam says, I, I mean, I like a song. I don't need to hear them, you know. I have a former relative who had a word for it, and I really don't even want to use the phrase here. But it's it's like you're 
you're just in the room with yourself enjoying your own music, but in the end, the listener wants to hear a song. Where's the beginning? Where's the middle? Where's the end? And then go, outro, out. And so I Ain't does that for me. Um, it's a short statement. And, and again, you get to hear a Mascus guitar, which is so, it's like hearing Nels Klein. You know when you're hearing Mascus play. Um, it's the reason electric guitars needed <laughs> to be invented. That's what that does for me, is that, that magic. So I ain't as classic Dinosaur Jr. I love his guitar playing in a sense that you always know it's him because you feel it in your stomach. All right. Uh, let's see. Adam, getting back to you, but uh, before we get into your picks, since I have you here, I'm going to put you on the spot and see what info I can dig up on one of my very niche 90s obsessions, Tarquin Records. Oh, wow. You have a tar. <laughs> so my son just shifted schools. And Tar Tar Tarquin is the brother of Peter Cadis. So yes. our fourth yes. record was done with Peter, who his first production was with us in his parents' basement, went on to do Interpol, National, Jonesy, Frightened Rabbits, Sting, Fish, you know. And he even knew he we he knew it too. He's like, You better stick with me because I'm great, you know. <laughs> and we didn't. We went with Don Was, and he still reminds me, you know, you kind of blew it. <laughs> but anyway, Tarkin is his brother. And they're a, uh, Philistines Jr. is a, an amazing band, and they'll never get respect. I don't understand it. I mean, they're just uh, an amazing band. Um, so, um, yeah, Tarquin Records. I really, you know, that, that whole thing felt, it, it felt like such an intense project, you know, that was just putting out stuff from this very close-knit group. And, yeah, James Kachalka. We just played with James in Burlington, Vermont. Oh, wow. And the only people in the audience were Guster. <laughs> <laughs> there were no one else. It was just Guster. And we were like, this is great. We'll play for Guster. Um, and, and, and James came out and rocked the house. You know, he was almost hanging off the, the chandeliers. I'll bet. And, and, and it was a, like a snowdrift outside of 20, 20 feet of snow and no one showed up. But, <laughs> but they're, they're an amazing, you know, it's the Connecticut scene. Who knew there would be a scene from Connecticut? You know, I, I have this theory that those places, the, they have, they sometimes have the best scenes because they have to build everything from scratch. You know, they... they Agreed. Agreed. No there's one's no machinery it to them, you know. <laughs> so yeah, there's a Siberia element. Follow up with song two. It's called "Shift in the Astral Plane." It's coming out in September, and again, it's on a uh, Age of Isolation, and you can hear the song here. And what it's about is, I was going to the city during COVID, and I'm a New Yorker, and to see the city shut down was mind blowing. It felt like the Flintstones. I felt like weeds were going to grow and never stop from the from the cracks in the pavement it, it like i was going to have to bring chickens to pay for the subway i didn't know what was was happening and so i wrote a song about it you know there's a line that says uh huge the only thing moving are the shadows of buildings I, i'm not quoting myself properly but it's basically describing what it's like to be in new york during covid so that's shift in the astral plane
so gravel pits. So going back to Bart Davenport from, from that cake loved ones mommy has San Francisco scene. Bart in 94 told me about this guy in Boston that writes a song a day and kind of blew my mind. His name was Jedediah Parrish. And he's in this band called The Gravel Pit. And I back then there was no internet. So I, I did a mail order and got CDs. And they were great. And again, it's a band no one knows. They'll never be in Pitchfork. They'll never be anywhere cool. Um, but we love playing together. And they're part of that Connecticut scene too. And what I love about this band is I think they made their best record last year, which, which is called Serpent Umbrella. It was, it was uh, produced by the bass player Ed Velasquez. This was literally that, I, I just wish I was playing with a band that knew how to kick butt properly, that knew how to like make you go home and cry yourself to sleep, that you just saw such power with such control and, and, and economy. Like, you know, the way Willico brings it down really quietly and then rocks you back out. It's not all just power and it's not all just quiet. And, and this band has it, Gravel Pit has it. And Stingray is the first song. And I love it. It's so catchy. It's just, it, you're going to sing it for, for years. Um, uh, so this is easily my, my second pick for the last year of music. And the other song I have is Monomaniac, which is just another gorgeous pop song. And, you know, there, we all came up with They Might Be Giants. And we came up with that sort of, you know, in New York in the 80s and... Um, we had our versions of Crowded House in New York. It was a lot of grunge and a lot of heaviness, but we had some pop. We had the whole uh, Hoboken scene with the bongos. And I see the bongos and they might be giants. I see Gravel Pit uh, as part of that. There were certainly lineage. a lot of bands who, who, who just went out and did everything themselves without, you know, m much of a plan other than putting it out. I think, you know, they, they might be giants. And, and, and uh, along with that also, right, uh, touring and, and supporting that and, and just... Well, I guess that's still putting it out, right? Well, I, I know what you mean, though, because back then, if you weren't heavy and angry, it was tough. You weren't part of the scene. And, you know, They Might Be Giants a perfect example. We're old friends. We knew everybody that played in the band, you know, that toured with them. They were an, an, a complete anomaly. And so they just had to do it. And, and it, there was nothing like it. Zero. And I think they realized over time that by continuing... That was the win mm -hmm. by just continuing to write and having the dial dial a song. And I think that most bands and I'm the mommy heads included learn from that tenacity and learn from just do it for yourself. And people will hear it and go, I like that or they'll hate it. But but just falling into a scene because there's a scene. We have thousands of bands that did that and we forget them.
obviously these are the songs that I, I, I hum, so I'm a sucker for a good hook. Uh, so these guys bring it. And, and Jed still can write clear, concise songs. He still sings his butt off. And the band rocks. Again, they don't have to turn up too much. It's the energy. They, they know how to play together. And some bands, they click in the first year. And some bands click over time, and this band is still clicking. It's amazing. They, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. I, I, I could listen to it all day. Um, the live version is, is a little different, but still packs a wallop. Some bands just copy the recording. Some bands do completely different things. They just... I, I, I can't wait to play with them again. Seriously. It's, and uh, there is not a lot of bands I feel that way about, so to be quite honest. And, and Gravel Pit is one of them, for sure. Well, that was one hell of a conversation. 30 plus minutes of divine music inspiration and explanation, I suppose. I really liked hearing uh, Adam Elk's stories about strange music scenes, like what was going down in Vermont just recently and uh, reminiscing on San Diego. Plus, he had a lot of tidbits on Sonic Youth, Tarquin Records, and of course, what he values in musicianship. Pretty good stuff. If you enjoyed today's show, you can get more at Inc19.com, where we have album, concert, and film reviews, along with other grisly bits of culture. Today's episode of New Music Now was produced by Julio Diaz, Frank Dreyer, Pat Green, Ian Koss, and me, Gregory Schaefer. Our theme music was produced by Soul Brother Number 2, Avi Bortnick. Our guests this week were Judy C., Julius C. Lacking, and Adam Elk from the Mommy Heads. Thanks to the three of them for laying it down for us. Do check us out on social media, at Inc19Mag on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Until next time, I'm Gregory Schaefer, turning the humidity all the way up for you here at Inc19.